0: 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car.
2: Week one of college football was chaos, and I'm just anticipating the same as we get set for kickoff in the NFL's 104th season beginning this Thursday. The wait is finally over as we welcome you in to the Lombardi line alongside former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. I'm Stormy Tony. I'm live in downtown Las Vegas Circa Resort and Casino. We are coast to coast as Michael is out there in Ocean City. It is The first week of the NFL. It is book drop week for you, Michael. We have college football that has been going crazy. Hard to ask for anything better right now.
4: No, the perfect storm. I mean, you know, and then it's capped off on college weekend with Duke upsetting Clemson at home. You know, I mean, there's Clemson thinking they're going to ninth ranked team in the country. Uh, and they go into Duke and they get beat, and you know Dabo walks out of there not sure how he lost. Well, you know when you don't when you turn the ball over in the red mm-hmm. zone, and you get two kicks blocked. You're going to figure out why you lost pretty quickly. So it's upside down, you know. And uh, I think it's great. We're going to continue on. And and the one thing I I can say, Stormy, is this college what we went through this weekend. A lot of good quarterbacks in college. A lot mm-hmm. of fun things to watch. And it's only going to make the NFL more intriguing.
2: Yep, and and already we're seeing after week one huge adjustments, so while we always talk about not wanting to overreact, the sports books certainly have been reacting after Duke wins that game yesterday against Clemson, 28-7 to the final. Their odds in the ACC go from 40-1 to to 14-1. to Clemson, who's been a co-favorite in the league with Florida State, goes from plus 150 roughly to now plus 450. So a huge swing of events here. And we're going to talk about another upset in just a little bit when Jay Feely, 14-year NFL kicker, now in the booth with CBS. He joins the program. He covers the NFL, but his son is a kicker for Colorado. So he has had an up-close and personal view of the prime effect at Colorado and what happened last week pushing that forward. Going to be a great conversation with him. We'll push the college football conversation along a little bit later on in the hour as well when Beeson Zone Aaron Moore joins the program. Get his reactions and takeaways from week one as well as the best bets that he has here looking forward to week two. And this is also for anybody who's who's new to seeing us in this slot on DraftKings Network. This is our new schedule. So we will be here every Single day, not only on VSIN, YouTube TV, iHeart, but now DraftKings Network and Samsung TV. We're going to start off this hour, though, Michael, talking some more NFL because, like I said, it is week one and we've had a number of updates about players who may or not be in the lineup here for week one. And one big question mark for the Los Angeles Rams has been their star wide receiver, Cooper Cup, who recently went to Minnesota over the weekend to see a specialist, find out a little bit more about the lingering hamstring issue he has had. Sean McVay said yesterday he'd have more information as it pertains to his status on Wednesday because Cup's injury is, quote, a little bit different and a little bit outside the framework of a soft tissue issue. Um, What did you make of, of those comments and do you feel confident one way or another that we'll see Cooper cup early in the season?
4: Well, I thought his comments were interesting because I've been in the league a long time and I've never seen a guy go to a specialist for a routine hamstring. I've seen him go to a specialist for the fifth metatarsal or for a back injury or for an ACL injury, but never for a routine hamstring. And so we know it's not a routine hamstring, and I think Sean, you know, basically clarified that to eliminate all the conversation. And look, let's face it, he hasn't been healthy. He missed a big part of last year because of the injury, and I think he's going to miss the opening game. But before we get into a panic about that, right, I think you have to go back and say this line has gotten adjusted based on how poorly the Rams have looked this summer, and We know that they were not a good team this summer. You know, they got beat 41 to nothing, got humiliated, all those things. Mm -hmm. But I do think that when when they go play Seattle, this is to be the only time, Stormy, where you might want to say to yourself, maybe we should bet Seattle and take the five and a half here. Because Mm -hmm. if you study the league and you look at last year's games, the game in Los Angeles, they lost by four hard game it was a hard game for Seattle to win the Rams kept coming back and you know Stafford didn't play in that game you know I think that was the John Walford Bryce Perkins game and also you know at the end of the season they didn't have Cooper Cup in the game mm-hmm. and they went up into Seattle when they had a when Seattle had to win that game remember and that game went to overtime and the Rams as bad as they were last year on defense and they were bad they turned Geno Smith over five times in the game. So they know they know how to defend the Rams offense, excuse me, Seattle's offense, Raheem Morris understands how to defend the offense. And I think that's going to be a big part of this game. So everybody's going to focus on Cooper Cup. The line might move to six just because people are going to play it. But I would say I would be careful because I think you want that line to go up because it does favor you. It does favor you because I think in in Steve Mackinac system, number two, where, you know, teams coming up there where they play divisional games, they qualify in that area. So I I think the cup's going to steal the story. I do think the news is that the Rams, if you're going to play them, play them in September.
2: Yeah, I um am. I am not typically a bet ahead, like early lines for week one type of a person, and I did bet Seattle minus four about a week and a half ago. Now we're seeing it five and a half. You think it might get up to six. Um, I feel pretty comfortable with the four where things sit right now, but to your point, these divisional matchups can be so tricky, and if the Rams are going to upset the apple cart in a season, we all largely expect them to be bad. It would probably be earlier in the season. I'll tell you one thing. I'm not using my survivor matchup on seattle this week but i do have them minus four as i would not recommend that early plays when it comes to matt stafford obviously he's had some injury issues of his own um his passing yards prop is off the board at the moment do you feel like him having a successful season is going to be largely contingent on cooper cups availability
4: well, I think a lot of it's going to be on his offensive line if he can stay healthy. I think that's going to be the key. Last year, he got the crap beat out of him. Now, they put a lot of resources to whatever point. they could because, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. I mean, so they, they put a lot of resources into their offensive line, which I think certainly will help them. But, you know, they're going to need to be able to keep him upright if they can. And that's going to be the challenge. I mean, look, they they're a team. You know, I get so far wrapped up into these coordinator matchups, and I know Sean knows how to attack Seattle, right? He knows that. he He's really good at t- attacking Seattle. And I think Raheem Morris understands Shane Waldron up in Seattle because they coached against each other on the Rams' staff. Mm-hmm. So you don't get five interceptions in a game. I mean, the first play of the game, Seattle playing the Rams in Seattle. Seattle's got to win it. Gino tries to throw an in cut and Jalen Ramsey undercuts it and Ramsey was 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 basically took the play away. So I, I think to me the coaching matchup lends you to think this is going to be a closer game. And the Rams, for some reason, think that this, you know, they have this, you know, obviously Von Jefferson, Van Jefferson, but they like this Puka, and I can't say his last name, Nakua, yep. the kid from BYU, BYU they yep. drafted in the fifth round. And they think he's gonna be a star. They think he's going to be a star. And one thing we know about opening weekend nobody knows really about the players so much, so you kind of take guys for granted. And all I hear coming out of Rams' camp is how good this kid is as a receiver.
2: Yeah, Nakua. he and his brother were really, really dynamic for BYU. They had some health concerns throughout their careers, but super fun guys to to watch there on the field. Uh, the Rams, by the way, 6.5 their season win total. Michael, I'm sad that we don't have a ton of time on this topic because I am very excited to read this quote to you. Jets corner DJ Reed tells ESPN's Rich Samini the Jets' defense could be historic. Quote, I think we have the potential to be the best defense in the NFL. Honestly, I think we can be historical, not just the best defense in the league, but I think we can be a historical defense like the 85-86 Bears and the L.O.B. in 2013. I think we can be that dominant if we put things together, together. Anybody who doesn't know L.O.B., Legion of Boom, Seattle Seahawks, the Bears, 85 Bears. What do all these teams have in common, by the way, Michael? They won championships, This is a lot of pressure for DJ Reed to be out here spouting before a Monday night week one game against the bills who now have a little bulletin board material. If you're Josh Allen and that offensive crew.
4: Well, look, one thing we know last year, they, after the bye week, they're six and three, they come back off the bye week. They travel to new England. And from that moment forward, they only created two turnovers with their defense. Now, Look, their offense was horrible. They played from they never played from in front, which affects them. This Jet defensive line is very good, but their secondary is very attackable, not from personnel, but from the scheme. They're very basic, and people understand how to how to attack the Seattle 3 scheme. And what's interesting is Seattle doesn't run the Seattle 3 scheme that Pete Carroll invented. So they've gotten away from it because people are just so used to understanding how to attack it, how to replace the receivers within the framework of the concepts of the defense. So I, I think the Jets defensive front's good, but if that pressure doesn't get there, they will not match the Bears or any of the great defenses like the Ravens or any of these teams in the league, the Legion of Boom.
2: Yeah, I mean, I love the the confidence, sure, but I'm just looking at their first six weeks of the season. The quarterbacks, they have to go through. Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, but we could be the 85 Bears. I can just see you already the first Tuesday after Monday Night Football saying they're not supposed to be the uh, the, the 85 Bears. We do have some breaking news that just came in from Ian Rappaport, Michael, which we can discuss on the other side of the break with Jay Feely as well. Andy Reid telling reporters Travis Kelsey hyperextended his knee at practice today. He is uncertain for Thursday night. That line has been holding strong at six and a half for a while now. Could be on you the move it. if you want to get to it now. It
4: will go to four quickly here. It will go to four quickly. Absolutely. This is going to move the line because you take him out with a, with a very suspect receiving core, and all of a sudden the game's going to get a lot easier. right? Aaron Glenn's play sheet just got a lot easier because I don't have to double this guy on every single play. And Andy doesn't want to run the ball anyway. So grab this line if you like the Lions and if you don't think he's going to play, take it. Run to the bank right now. Hurry.
2: We were just talking in hour one about how he is Patrick Mahomes' number one target. It's going to be a huge, huge loss for that offense if he's unavailable. We will be right back on the Lombardi line.
0: That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.
3: Hey,
5: this is John Ridley.
3: And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy.
4: This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael
3: Lombardi. Now here's your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on v the sports betting network.
2: Welcome back to the Lombardi line. Our very own Michael Lombardi has just written his second book, Football Done Right, Setting the Record Straight on Coaches, Players, and History of the NFL. That bad boy comes out today, and for a limited time, you can get a free copy of the book when you become a VEASAN Pro Annual Subscriber. Sign up for a new VEASAN Pro Annual Subscription today and use the promo code LOMBARDI. You'll get the free copy as well as an entire year of VEASAN Pro Access to our Daily Best Bets, Season Prep Betting Guides 24, 7 video and pro tools like our exclusive betting splits again that promo code is Lombardi when you sign up for the vcin pro annual subscription it's a limited time offer so get in there now vcin.com slash subscribe welcome back To the Lombardi line on VEASAN, the sports betting network. If you missed it, the breaking news moments ago, just before we went to break, Kansas City Chiefs head coach Andy Reid telling reporters Travis Kelsey hyperextended his knee during practice today, and his status is uncertain for the season opener on Thursday night football against the Detroit Lions coming up. That is a spread that we have seen hold Strong at six and a half for a while now. And with the news just sprinkling out, we've already seen it tick down to six. Wonder where that number eventually will go. Um, let's further the conversation with Jay Feely, CBS Sports NFL analyst, 14 year kicker in the NFL, four time Emmy winner at Jay Feely on X. Crazy news for the defending Super Bowl champions. What's your immediate thought and how that'll impact them game one with him unavailable?
3: Well, my immediate thought is that Tony just went up in fantasy drafts <laughs> that are going <laughs> on this week. You know, I mean when you think about losing Juju and not McCall Hardman, you're like, Okay, but we still have Thomas Kelsey and then you lose Patrick Mahomes go to receiver or you possibly could lose him. Um, you know, that that's a huge blow for this Chiefs team and and you're sitting there with the Lions and you know, you sit you sit and think about the Lions and you say to yourself, When is the last time they've had a game this big. You know, it's been a long time. You get an opportunity to try and establish yourself week one by getting the win against the defending Super Bowl champions and the Kansas City Chiefs, and that would really legitimize this Lions team coming into the season.
4: Yeah, no question. And, I mean, look, hyperextended knee, you know, in practice, that's not something that is easy to come back from, especially – you know when you do when it's when this is Thursday, Friday. This is actually the Friday practice, right, Jay? And so you know, yeah, not a lot of time. We're in, su- yeah. There's not a lot of time to get ready for Sunday night, and so that's going to be hard. I want your commentary. You you know, the kicking market as we've kind of gone through this end of the season, end of preseason, right? Cade York, you know, wasn't quite had a good camp. Moody wasn't as good. Do you? But then. When you look, Carlson cut, but has is tremendous. Elliott cut, yep. and now he's tremendous, right? And, and Buckner cut, drafted and cut, and tremendous. Do you think the Browns will regret cutting Cade York because they couldn't get him straightened out? I, I know he's talented,
3: Mike. And I think my biggest takeaway when you, you, know, you bring up all those names of guys that have become really good kickers is – why, and you would be a great person to ask this, you know, having been in the front offices, but why draft a kicker and not have a coach in place that knows how to help develop the kicker? You would never draft a quarterback and not have a quarterback coach that can coach him, you know, but they do that all the time with kickers. and you know, Then you give up on a guy because you don't know how to correct him. You don't know how to tangibly fix him. You just want him to go fix it himself, and if he's not good enough, I'm going to get somebody else. You know, I think that's one of the areas where where, where teams, NFL teams, are negligent.
4: Yeah, well, I, you know, and, and I thought the same thing, too, because he's army kicking, Jay. It's right, and then it's left, and it's right. And yeah. it, like You know from – you've done it way more and understand it, but, like, you know when you miss something right, what's wrong. When you miss it left, you know. But this kid seems like he's all over the place.
3: He's got a really big leg, and, and when you watch him – there's a couple of fundamental things that I saw last year. You know, the first thing you're thinking was, okay, is it the holder? Because their holder, Bohorquez, had struggled at times. He lost his job in Buffalo basically because he wasn't a great holder. And then Mason Crosby had a bad year in Green Bay. But when I watched all the holds, you know, his holds were, were fine. And so it was really about Cade York himself. And it was about really foot positioning. I think he was inconsistent and poor with, you know, his plant foot. But those are just technical things that. You know, if somebody knows, has been there and done that uh, before, and they can go in there and they can help a guy technically, but even more importantly, if they can help him mentally. Because I think that's the biggest thing. You know, for me, you know, I had, I failed as bad as I could fail when I was with the New York Giants and had a horrible game against Seattle and a really big game in December. And Saturday Night Live did a spoof about me that weekend called the Jay Feely story, the long ride home. And, you know, as I was getting ready to play the next game, and, and because I overcame that and I was able to not allow that to defeat me, it really helped me to be a much better kicker. The next nine years of my career, I didn't miss another game winner. And it was because I lost some of that fear of failure. And so if you have somebody on your staff that can talk to a guy and can, you know, has been there before and, and been in those same situations you know, it can have empathy for them and help them walk through that mentally and free them up mentally. I think sometimes that's the biggest thing.
2: Hey, if you have an NFL, if you have an SNL spoof made about you, that just means you've made it, Jay. So. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Now I can look back and and feel that way. I didn't really feel that way in the moment when I was trying to keep my job. No, I got it.
2: But but we talk about it all the time here on Lombardi Line, that the kicking game is so important because it means the difference between winning and losing games in a lot of instances, from winning and losing bets in a lot of instances. And that's why when you have a guy like a Justin Tucker, for example, you feel confident in that guy's leg going into tough situations. It's, It's a really, really important of the game and where it's at today. I know you, for week one, are going to be in the booth for the Raiders and Broncos going head-to-head the start of the Sean Payton regime what are you most looking for as you get set to break down that game on Sunday
3: well first of all this week in Colorado it's a Lombardi Feely weekend you know (laughs) because Mick Lombardi is coaching you know for the Raiders there my son Jay Feely is kicking in in Colorado so you know Mike you and I have a big weekend coming up uh coming up in Colorado Mm -hmm. so but I'm looking forward to this game can, can Sean Payton fix Russell Wilson? That's the big question that everybody wants to know. You know, and you know, I think he'll do a really good job. There's a lot of things when you go back and you look at Russell last year that, that they didn't do uh, that led to his strengths. They didn't get him out of the pocket. They, they didn't get him on the run a lot. They didn't do bootlegs. They didn't do a lot of play action. I don't know why they didn't utilize you know some of those things that you know Russell Wilson does well. But I think most of all, Sean Payton's going to say, hey, I understand what your strengths are, and I'm going to play to your strengths. That's one of his greatest assets as a play caller is, you know, he's going to mold, he's not just calling plays, he's calling it offense. and so He's going to mold that offense to the strength of his players, and so he's going to look at what Russell does well, and he's going to create plays based on what he does well, and he, he wants them, though, to be on time and in rhythm. He wants them to get the ball, to make the right read, and then to utilize his, his ability, you know, when the play, when the play breaks down, and, and I think you'll see that. And I think I have a lot of confidence from day one, Mike, when best job was available, I said, you have to go out and get Sean Payton. Because I really felt like yep. he was the guy to come in and to establish himself and establish a culture. Everyone knows he's the alpha dog. And and he can go in there and he can build an offense, you know, to fit the skill set of his players that he has there.
4: Yeah, no question. I great respect for him. But let's shift to Dion. I was told reliably that Dion you know, kind of took the win in stride with the staff and basically said they left a lot of meat on the bone on that game, that, that they're not settled, they're not satisfied with what they did. And he turned it up, and I'm sure Jace can speak to this, but I think having a guy like Dion who understands what it takes to be a championship team, I don't think they're going to be reading their, their glory. I think he's going to put the pressure on them. I wonder what Jace thought, Jace thought about that.
3: Well, I think inside the program, they weren't as surprised as everybody else. You know, I had been telling people, you know, I was up there for a number of spring practices. I was up there in the fall as well, training camp getting ready and just kind of watching. And, and Shadir was better than, than, and I kept telling people, he's better than you think he is. You know, he is an accurate passer. And he can spin it, and he throws the ball in there, and he plays with anticipation. And you saw that in the game against CCU. You know, so it wasn't a surprise for me to see him play well. And I kept telling people, how unbelievable Travis Hunter was that he high points the ball better than anybody in college football, you know, and you saw some unreal plays. I mean, the play he made when he intercepted the ball in third and one where he comes off of his receiver, they're in man coverage. And he comes off and sees the running back coming out of the flat and is wide open. And he, and he comes off his receiver and makes that play on that interception. Just unbelievable. Now why they're running the in third and one. I don't know. And when I was in the stands watching it, I said, it reminded me of Seattle against New England. Like, what are you doing? You just, Ran the ball from the two all the way to the two, and then you decided to throw it towards Travis Hunter. But um, I, I think that team is going to continue to progress. I think they get a lot better. I mean, they they had seventy plus guys playing their first game together, you know, and to be able to play that well and to know that you're going to keep getting better, Mike. You and I know that the most progress you make is between week one and week two. So hopefully, they no can question. stay humble and and continue to go out there. And, and get better each week.
2: Yeah, and the new AP poll just came out cementing some of the, the excitement around the program. Number 22 headed into week two in the national top 25 rankings. Uh, we're up against it. We only have about 10 seconds, but you're excited for Tim. You're making the drive from Boulder up to Denver, right? Like you're going to both.
3: I am going over on Saturday there to we watch go. them play in Boulder, and I'm going to get back in time to do production meetings on Saturday evening.
2: <laughs> well done, sir.
3: Well, well
4: t- done. Tell the Lombardi boys you said hello. I appreciate you. I will. Sounds good, bud. That's Jay Feely.
2: Again, he's going to be on the call for Raiders-Broncos this coming Sunday on CBS. More college football when we return with Aaron Moore next.
3: This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on vSEN, the sports betting network.
2: The NFL season is finally here and you're going to want to make sure you get our updated NFL betting guide before games kick off this weekend. Our experts have been reevaluating every team throughout the preseason to give you the best betting edge. We've got picks from each and every on-air host, team-specific preseason analysis, how to use our VEASAN betting splits, and football contest strategies. If you want the best and most comprehensive collection of picks, predictions, and previews, now's the time to become a VEASAN Pro subscriber. You can do so for as low as $19 or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription. Bet smarter all year long. Sign up today at vison.com slash subscribe. And also just good to note, I'll make sure that I check back in, in the last segment as well for anybody who missed the breaking news of the day. As we get set for Thursday night football, the Kansas City Chiefs and Detroit Lions going head-to-head, starting tight end for the Chiefs. Travis Kelsey's at 1,000-yard season after 1,000-yard season, hyper-extended his knee at practice. Andy Reid said that his status is questionable as it pertains to this opening week game. That spread largely held at 6.5. We're seeing it 6 right now. The total down a point from 54.5 to 53.5 across the board. But welcome back in to the Lombardi line. We're going to turn the page, do some college football talk as VEASAN's own Aaron more joins the program Beeson.com writer at pub relation prof on X and we're we've got you over Skype today so super excited to see your face Aaron how are you
6: very good Stormy Michael thanks for having me
2: yes great to have you as well especially after another crazy night of college football I know you were high on this Duke team coming into the season you bet their conference wins over that three and a half win total but I don't think that you counted Clemson week one as one of those wins potentially in your handicap
6: Boy, I'd love to be sitting here telling you, I saw that Clemson loss. <laughs> I saw Duke beating them back in uh, in the summertime. Would love to tell you that. That wasn't the case. And, and, and it's kind of one of the reasons why I like to bet conference win totals over because you look at it. it go, they go to Duke, Clemson. It's a conference game. There's a different level of excitement. There's a different level of the fans. The atmosphere It might play into it. So I think when you're looking at bets, Look at conference wins, either over or under, because there's a whole different element to it than the entire win total of a team, and that could be in basketball or football.
4: You know, Aaron. I mean, look, like I tell my stockbroker all the time, don't apologize for making money. I mean, you call, they're going to go over, take the win, right? You know, even you know, even if you didn't see it happening. But look, Duke's impressive. I got to say, they they look like the better. They were good. Their team looks different than I've ever seen them before. So I have this theory, and I want to hear what your thoughts on. I mean, Sam Hartman's a really good player. I know he's 24 years old, but he's a really good quarterback. And that Notre Dame PR machine can create a Heisman. Would you have, do you have any interest in betting him for the Heisman? I think he was 12-1 to last time I checked. And then tie that into, for some reason, you like NC State getting the points against Notre Dame this week, huh?
6: Yeah, I mean, I think if we're going to look at handicapping the Heisman, Michael, just from a media standpoint, then there's no better person to be the quarterback than Notre Dame. You know he's going to get national attention. You know there's always going to be a focus on his games, and he's going to play high-profile games. So Sam Hartman has that for an advantage. Maybe Caleb Williams has something close to that. Now, Hartman has to be able to produce, and not every quarterback at Notre Dame has one Heisman, so there's still the production element of it. So I think what Sam Hartman has going for him, if you do choose to uh, take a flyer on him to win the Heisman, the media will be there for him. He'll have the support. Now, I'm going to go a little bit different this weekend because I was impressed with what I saw with NC State and what Brennan Armstrong can run the ball. Dave Doran has the ability to play a close game, great defense. The aforementioned Sam Hartman played three times against nc state while he was at wake forest and in those three games he has six interceptions so there's a certain book now that nc state has on sam hartman and i think that eight points was a great line where nc state at home big game for them i think they keep it close
2: i am a notre dame fan i am a sam hartman fan but i agree with your thoughts on brendan armstrong and i like the fact that he was able to reconnect with his former offensive coordinator when he had that incredible season at Virginia, Robert and I, the two of them back together, their heads together um, could be a good thing for the Wolfpack moving forward this season. Shoulder Sanders though. And Travis Hunter, Colorado had an amazing debut under Deion Sanders, obviously with the upset win over TCU, but you don't think people should be running the window to bet those two for Heisman.
6: Well, you know what Michael was saying when he talked to a stockbroker, I'm going to tell you what I talked to my kids about. Don't overreact. And when I always say that, don't overreact and easier said than done. I watched the game. I'm sure you guys watched the game. It was the biggest talked about college football game of the weekend. And you have for Colorado two players that look like Heisman Trophy winners. They have the flash. They have the statistics. Sanders going over 500 yards. Amazing. Hunter playing all those snaps on both sides of the ball. Those are great elements to have for a Heisman Trophy winner. However, Don't overreact because I would like to make a bet, Stormy. I don't know if there's any book that's willing to take it, but I'm going to bet next week or these upcoming games, there's going to be a spectacular player or two. There's going to be a new narrative. Blank, fill in that blank, looks like the new Heisman Trophy winner. So you just really can't overreact off of one game. And I think to put this in perspective, if you want to bet Sanders or Hunter, to win the Heisman Trophy. There has to be a certain combination of Colorado wins. So put a couple together. Are they gonna beat Oregon? Are they gonna beat Oregon State, Utah, USC, Washington State? So for those, either one of those two guys to win the Heisman, their team is gonna to have to win at least a couple of those games.
2: And just to jump in here real quickly too on that same topic, like you look at how we were watching the LSU-Florida State game and we were saw saw those Heisman odds moving in real time where Jordan Travis gets shorter, Jaden Daniels goes from 8-1 to one, to now he's 30-1. to one. We remember last year, Anthony Richardson week one and Florida upsetting Utah in the swamp, the big win there and everybody's talking about him for Heisman and look at how the mighty had fallen throughout the course of that season so this is a market that's super volatile um, and you got to Pick your spot, certainly, for teams that you think are going to be able to have a little bit more of that long-term success. What was maybe something else, just something big that you feel like you learned or took away from Week 1 that can help us as betters as we try to get set here for Week 2 and beyond?
6: So we just talked about the Colorado-Nebraska game. That was one of the biggest stories of the weekend. But I think from a betting perspective, what happened at the end of that Penn State game could be the biggest story of betting in college football. Penn State is up by 16 points with only a few seconds to go. The spread is 21 against West Virginia. You're in Happy Valley. There's tons of happy people with their white and blue shirts rooting on Penn State. A 16-point victory was not going to cover that 21 points. So what does what, what happens during the, the remaining seconds of the game? James Franklin, instead of having his team take a knee, he has them score a touchdown, which put them three scores with 12, 13 seconds to go. In this day and age, let's call it in the visa era, let's call it the the, um, legalized sports era, coaches know the spreads. They talk about the spreads. They are around alumni, they're around media. The, The spread is everywhere. So to say they don't know the spread, I don't believe that for a second. So what I saw at the end of that Penn State game was James Franklin, wanting to cover the spread for the home team, make those fans happy. Now what I'm gonna do moving forward is I'm gonna put James Franklin on a list and I'm gonna see if my list can get bigger. Who are some coaches that really wanna cover a spread? And I think you keep that in mind during the game when you're live in betting. So when I I didn't see the spread at the end because I wasn't watching it, thinking they were gonna get the 21 points, but now you have to have that original spread in mind if a coach is going to make those home fans happy, he's probably going to find a way to get those points to cover. I think that's a new element in today's legalized sports era, are what coaches cover. And I think they cover for a reason, and that's to make those home fans alumni happy.
4: Yeah, I I I completely agree. I think he's chasing this I think he's chasing style points too. I think he knows he's got a good team. He's not in the national championship conversation, and he's hoping people will forget about the, what the last play was and just see that he had a 23-point win in the opening day game. You know, And I think that he's going to let that go and kind of work his way through that. But look, how can you not know what the point spread is? When I was in the league, you know, we knew who the favorites were. You, you kind of knew a little bit of everything, but you, you didn't have it in front of you constantly. It's running across the ESPN ticker. We have net, there's networks, so to say you don't know, you're you're really lying. You really don't know it. Let's go to the pride of New Jersey, Rutgers. Big win opening day against Northwestern. Scored 24 points, which is up from their 17 that they scored last year. Held Northwestern to seven. You like them in laying the ten against Temple.
6: And, and I think this situation, Michael, we look at style points. It's a good connection here. That I don't know how many wins Rutgers is going to get this season. And they have Temple coming in in Philadelphia, team, an hour and a half or so to the, to the south of them. This is a big uh, game in terms of Rutgers getting back to at least Northeast pride, at least the ability to be one of the better teams in the Northeast temple certainly did not do anything to impress against akron you have Rutgers with that big big 10 lineup i think they take it to temple and i'm going to use your words here michael style points matter for greg shiano
2: aaron awesome stuff appreciate you
6: thank you very much
2: and while i might have lost badly on that lsu ticket over the weekend Rutgers cash for your girl i'm down with laying it again let's go
1: 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
4: This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi.
3: Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatone, on VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: The best Thursday of the year is coming up. It's all about NFL opening night. Football is back and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is hooking new customers up with a can't-miss offer to celebrate the occasion. Place your first $5 NFL bet and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Don't wait until kickoff to get in on the hype. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code VEGAS. New customers get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just $5. That's the code VEGAS. Vegas, V-E-G-A-S only on DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. And speaking of Thursday night football, the latest Andy Reid telling reporters today in his media availability, Travis Kelsey, their star tight end, hyper extended his knee in practice and is questionable for the game coming up on Thursday against the Detroit Lions. We pretty quickly saw that 6.5 turn to a 6. 54 and a half the total down now a full point to 53.5, but something that bears monitoring 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 as we get set here for Thursday night. Michael, huge news in the NFL.
4: Right. Well, I think we see a little bit of adjustment, right? Six and a half down to six. If he's declared out, then we're going to see another one, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to see it. And this isn't sharp money. This, This is just common sense here. Because, you know, we know the Chiefs are not filled with a great receiving core. But he's a receiver, and you take him out of the game and all of a sudden, you know, Mahomes has got a lot of struggles. Where are they going with the ball? The tight end doesn't matter. I mean, this is an 11 team, basically. Sometimes they're in 12, but when they're in 12, they're an 11 team because Kelsey's the other receiver. So mm-hmm. this changes things, and it's going to rely on a lot of adaptation. Now, look, Reed's really good coming off of a bye week. We know this. He's good in opening games. But when you get an injury on a Thursday – which essentially on a Friday of the game week, this is Friday for the Chiefs, that's a hard one to overcome.
2: Yeah, and Travis Kelsey, we know, go-to high-volume target for his quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. You mentioned the questions that they have in the receiving core room. Had 1,338 yards and 12 touchdowns a year ago for Kansas City. And then you throw in, being this point in the weekend, likely not having Chris Jones as well on defense. Things working against uh, the defending Super Bowl champs as they're getting set to honor their super bowl win with banner day on thursday night it's time though michael for our pro tip of the hour we do these every single day on the lombardi line every show here at vson does but we got a great tip i think from aaron moore moments ago when we were talking about college football and that there are some coaches now start your list that we need to write down that are aware of these <laughs> spreads in their games
4: yeah, well, I mean, it's important, right? I mean, look, I, we don't live in a world where gambling's not talked about, right? We have it in states. We all have apps, and you know, the the line is being crossed. The ticker everywhere we go. We're finally coming into the to the right place, and so coaches know about it. And you know, like you don't think Matt rules talking about it in Nebraska. You know, we were yeah. favored here, but they think so highly of us that they're now favorite. You, you have to use that. You know, every coach is a two-touchdown dog. You don't think that Mike Elko said, you know, we're really a good team, and they, you think we're going to lose by two touchdowns to this team?
2: Oh, yeah. There are teams that are going to use it as a motivational standpoint. I know as a sideline reporter, I was on a game a year ago where I'm listening to the players talk on the sideline during a game saying 11 that's our word of the week 11 that's our word of the week because that was the point spread in the game and they were using that as motivation like that's a key cog the example that we used of course was James Franklin Penn State this past week in a situation where game should have been over usually take a knee in that situation nope they're going to score and they cover that 21 point spread so something to keep in mind start the list and James Franklin's going to be atop that one as we get underway in 2023 Michael I want to round out the show today because this is week one of the NFL season there's a lot of excitement going on and you because you have been in the league so long you have some really really incredible special memories specifically of some of these season openers so we want to get your NFL top five opening day memories let's start at number five for Lombardi's list
4: Well, you know, first of all, I I think when you go, these games, these opening day games are so hard, right? Because there's so much, even when you're in the league, there's so much unpredictability in, in the game. Even if you think you're the better team and you've got it all figured out, it really never works out that way. And they're always harder than you think. But when you have to play on the road, it's really hard. And there's nothing like, there's nothing like winning in Kansas City. In 2001, before 9 11, We played back there, and on the last second field goal, we won, and Stanikowski nailed it. We won 27-24, to and it was unbelievable. I got to the airport as we waited for the plane and to go back, and my wife called me and said, I think we should adopt this dog. I was so happy we did. I was so happy we won. Whatever she was going to say, we were going to do. So, you know, we got a dog after that win, so that was one of my favorite ones. When Bud Carson came to Cleveland in 89, We were horrible all preseason, just horrible. It didn't look good. He was replacing Marty Schottenheimer. The defense looked old. We weren't very good. We go into Pittsburgh and we win 51 to nothing, Stormy. Yeah, I
2: I like that, Michael. I don't even. You you go from a nail biter and walk off field goal to uh, never in doubt. It's nice to have some of those every now and then.
4: I never thought. I never saw that one coming. Trust me. Now, (laughs) just for the record, just for the record, Steeler fans will remember. Six weeks later, they beat us in Cleveland. (laughs) Okay, just remember this now. Like it was, it, it, For all those that assume that you're going to win, like six weeks later, they beat us. And so it really doesn't matter. 94, we had a great year in 94. And it started with the win in Cincinnati. Always a hard place to win. I can remember getting on the team bus with Nick Saban after we lost down there. And, and he says to me, Dog, what's your problem? And I'm like, well, I, I hate losing to these guys. I just hate it. And he said, you know, until we realize they're better than we are, we're going to keep losing. And he was right. And in 94, we finally won down there. We dominated the game. Antonio Langham had an interception in the end zone. He was our first-round pick in 94. And that was a great win. And then you, I've got to experience the banner, right? Because back in the first Super Bowl, we never hung a banner in candlesticks. So this one... We opened up with Pittsburgh on a Thursday night. We hung the Super Bowl Forty Nine banner, which was an incredible experience, one you'll never forget, knowing that you'll always have that uh, a part of your life. And then to me, there's really only one. The first time as a kid growing up in this little beach town, wanting to work in the NFL, dreaming of working in the NFL, to be able to be in the NFL in 1984, go back and play a good Lions team, a team that the 49ers beat the year before in a playoff game. And Ray Wersing makes a field goal at the end of the game to win. And that was my first experience in the NFL, and I started my career 1-0, and we actually won a Super Bowl in 84. So that will always be my finest opening day memory. The other one, Stormy, part of that one, I was standing in the press box of this game and Mr. DeBarlow's bodyguard was in there and they watched the game from the press box. This was in the old Pontiac Superdome. And the guy comes up to me, his bodyguard, and says, Hey, Mr. D needs cigarettes. Can you go buy him some cigarettes? He hands me a $100 bill, and I go run out to the concessions, and they were selling cigarettes then at the <laughs> at stadium. the concessions Who in knew, the right? stadium, that's yeah. awesome. This is how long, this is how old <laughs> oh I am, Oh, my right? goodness. So they're selling cigarettes at the stadium, and so I run out, I give the guy, you know, I come back with two packs of cigarettes and 90, probably $98 of change, and he said, I'll oh, not keep it. And I was like, oh, my God. I mean, like, I wasn't making any money. So that was like (laughs) an experience unlike any other.
2: Get a hot dog, get a dart and a pretty nice tip. Not too shabby,
4: Michael and Marty. Yeah, so those are my five and, and they'll always be my five.
2: Can you reflect a little bit more, though, on what that was like for you as a kid, to your point, always wanting to be around football and wanting to work in the NFL and what that moment was like for you just as a person, knowing that your dream became reality and now even too like reflecting on all of the different opportunities that you've had.
4: You know, it was funny because, you know, as a kid, my father didn't take me to football games, going to a pro football game wasn't. So we went to baseball games, but not football games. So, you know, the, the really, this might've been, I went to a a Washington Redskin game when I was a junior in college But other than that, that was the only pro football game I'd ever seen live until 84. Now, we had the preseason, but they didn't count, right? Mm -hmm. It really was preseason's preseason. So it's as the only the second pro football game I've ever seen in my life, I was working for the team. And that was really surreal. And to see all these people and to be in the stadium and how people reacted. You know, you come from high school where a loss is devastating or, you know, and how professional the trip was. We stayed out, at the, out, at, you know, out in some hotel out in, in by the Silverdome. And uh, Ray Rhodes and I on Saturday morning, we drove up to Michigan State to scout that game. And then we drove back. It, it kind of will never leave my memory. And Worshing's kick, it was a hard game. And Joe was great in the game but that kick set off a great season.
2: No, it's it's awesome and it also makes you think about this year the players who are going to be getting their first opportunities to make a dream come true and hit the field in an NFL game the first time GM or head coach on their regular season game, making things happen for themselves. It's, it's a really, really special time, and I think this was a great reminder of, again, not only the betting perspective that we come to, and the way that we're sweating out these games, but the different emotional connection that there is to the game uh, across this entire country. Michael, awesome stuff. Appreciate you,
4: buddy. Thank you, Stormy. We'll see you tomorrow.
2: Yes, sir. Same time, same place here on v and DraftKings Network. That's a wrap for us today. Stay, Stay right here. Keep
0: it locked.
1: 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
0: Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison
2: Bree.